0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShall from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. If, if you are here this morning and you say, Pastor, I could, I could use a breakthrough right now. I could use a, a financial breakthrough, a relational breakthrough, a breakthrough of some sort. I just need you to stand up. If that is you, you say, Pastor, I could use a breakthrough right now. Um, and, and remain standing. If, if you're here and, and you're saying, well, pastor, I, I, I really could use deliverance from the things that hinder me, things that have pulled me back. I've come against opposition. There are things that seem to be getting in the way of my progress. If that is you, please stand up. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I could, I could really use some healing right now. Maybe spirit, soul, or body. Uh, whether it's emotional, it's within your spirit. Your spirit man is down. Or it's within your body and you need some physical healing. If that is you and you're still sitting, please stand up. Or maybe you're here and you just say, Pastor, I, I really could use some comfort. I just need some encouragement. I, I find myself down and I... I you know, sometimes I just need someone to come alongside me and, and help me and assist me. If that is you and you're still sitting down, please stand up. How about this? If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I really desire for God to work through me a lot more. I desire for his Holy Spirit to fill me and, and his anointing to work through me. If that is you, please stand up. Now, I want you all to Look around. Everyone is on their feet. I'm praying that this morning, at the end of this message, you will all receive your responses. Father, we just avail ourselves for the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do this morning. Father, that your word will be ministered once, it will be heard twice. Father, you said you sent forth your word and you healed your people. So, Father, we come here today believing that we'll receive grace from you. Not only receive it, but, Father, we will be responders to that grace in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the promises that you've given us in this season. You've promised us, Father, that when we leave bondage, there shall be none feeble amongst us. Father, we will leave with plunder. So, Father, in this season, we look to you as, as we cross over into the things that you promised us, that may your word be fulfilled. We add our amen to your yeses of your promises in our lives in this season. We want to see a manifestation of them in Jesus Christ's name. If you agree with that, say amen. And go ahead and take your seats this morning. As you take your seats, open up your Bibles to uh, 1 Kings 17. And we're going to, read from, I'm going to read from verses 8 to 15. If you're there, say, uh-huh. Okay. So this is the story of, you know the story and the, the versions of it have been told. It's the story of the widow of Zarephath uh, and, and who had an encounter with Elijah. But let's just read what the scriptures say this morning. It says, then the word of the Lord came, came to him. This is Elijah saying, now, the background to this story is Elijah has just pronounced a drought in Israel. He says, there'll be, there'll be no rain till I come back and I give the word that there'll be rain. And God makes a way for him supernaturally. He sustains him first through a brook and then sustains him through ravens. But then in, in, in verse 8 here, he comes up and he says, well, when the brook had dried up, he says, Arise. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may have a drink. And and as she was going to get it, he called out to her, And said, please bring me a morsel of bread also in your hand. She said to him, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I've gathered a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away according to the word of Elijah uh, and she and her household, and she and he and their household, ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Elijah. God bless the reading of His word this morning. Amen. This is a remarkable, remarkable story, and I, I have with me uh, here. Uh, uh, some water, a little bit of water, which is what Elijah asked for. Just a little bit of water. Remember, this is drought season, so there's not much water going around. But, you know, it's not too bad. When someone asks for some water, you know, you can give them. But how I many of you know during a drought when someone asks you for food? Ah, uh, that can be a problem. So wh- why don't we have our widow and the son come out? Because they were the custodians. And, and, you know, I'm just going to have the widow stand there. And then the son was not there in the picture. So the son can go somewhere. And let's pretend he's at home. This is the son. He's at home somewhere. And, and just keep this picture in mind. But let me give you the background to this story. This is a story of, a really remarkable story of the grace of God. And today I want to speak to you about responding to the grace of God. Because uh, this woman is a Gentile. She's not even an Israeli. God decides to sustain his prophet by going to a Gentile, by going to a woman in Sidon, in Zarephath. Not only any ordinary woman, but a, a widow. And you all know the stigmas that can be attached to a widow. You know, they, 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 that God made it his point that he would remind the children of Israel to take care of the widow, not to forget the widow because they did tend to be forgotten. They tended to be forsaken in society. But God in this instant not only goes to a Gentile, but he goes to a widow. It would have been better had he said to the man of God, well, you know what, there's 7,000 prophets in Israel who have not yet bowed down to Baal. Go and sustain yourself there, but he didn't go there. It would have been better to say, well, there's a a rich man, uh, you know, It was a Gentile, but, you know, he may be willing to sustain you. It would be better that you go there, but he didn't do that. This was as controversial as it got because he sent his man of God to a widow. The grace of God came to the unexpected. His chosen nation, his chosen people were the children of Israel. She was not a child of the promise. She was not from Israel. She was not even amongst the 7,000 who had and bowed down to Baal in Israel. But God still chose to put his grace upon her. God was taking care of Elijah because Israel had rejected God. And in rejecting God, they had rejected his prophetic destiny and rejected his prophets. In fact, anyone that was prophet, a prophet at the time was in hiding. Because they were killing the prophets of God in this season. Because they were caught up in Baal worship. This woman did not have a great heritage. There's nothing that she did to deserve the grace of God. And that's what grace is. It doesn't come by works. The grace of God located her. Because she came from Sidon. According to 1 Kings 16.31, Sidon was the country where Jezebel came from. And at that time, Jezebel was married to Ahab. The reason for these problems that Israel was going through. Her father, Ezbal, was the king of the Sidonians. And Sidon was at the center of Baal worship. Her heritage, as far as the people goes, was one of idol worship and one of sensuality. These guys were steeped in sexual sin. They turned anything natural into becoming unnatural. And it was okay with them. You remember the story of Noah? One day when Noah got too drunk, he lay uncovered in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw him in his nakedness. And he went and he told his two brothers, Shem and Jepheth took a garment and laid it across their father to cover him as they walked in backwards to cover his nakedness. When Noah woke up and found out what Ham had done, this is what he says in Genesis 9 verse 24. He says, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves. Will he be to his brothers? Noah predicted that Ham's sin would continue to develop in Ham's lineage through Canaan. Genesis 10 verse 15 tells us that Sedan was the firstborn of Canaan. So this Sedan, where this woman came from, were the ones that were cursed with slavery. And their curse was such that they were never supposed to break the yoke of slavery as Cain had done. But we find a situation through the book of Kings where this had begun to happen. Where the children of Israel who came out of Shem shame, were now subject or had become subject to the slavery of the Sidonians, the lineage of Ham. Ahab was being manipulated by Jezebel, his wife. And the spirit was dominating the land. And the whole nation of Israel had subjected itself to Baal worship. Where Sidonians came from. And yet God still chose to show his grace on that woman. What remarkable grace. It was not by our works. It was not by our lineage. It was not by a sin. God chose To show grace upon her. And the principle is clear. His own chosen nation had rejected their prophetic destiny. They had rejected his prophets. And God works on earth through a willing vessel. It's the same with us. We can reject the prophetic destiny. That's been assigned to CMI. God will look for a willing vessel outside to put his grace on to accomplish what he needed to do. In this case, he went right back to a gentle woman and his grace was sufficient there. The character of the Sidonians was very sensual. It's astounding that God withdrew his grace from Israel and now sending it on Sidon. And the widow from Zarephath, from Sidon, was taking Israel's place. Israel had been called God's co-workers, God's chosen nation. But she had refused God and turned her back on God. And God took his grace elsewhere, to the heart of an idolatrous land. Hmm. Think about that. When he ordered Elijah to go to Zarephath, God made it clear that although Israel refused to play her part in the order that he had established, he would maintain that order by selecting some other human being that could take Israel's place and enjoy the blessing that would result. In the 2018 word, here's what Pastor Tom said, if you could put that up. He said, Iron shed the grace of God will prevail. As sin and evil abound, light will shine in the midst of gross darkness that shall move like a storm cloud across the nation and the world over in the next several years. You see, in desperate times, we look out for number one. We think of survival. We think of ourselves only. There are people God wants to preserve through this drought. There are people that God wants to preserve through these tough times. There are people that God wants to preserve through these evil times. There are people that God wants to preserve through the storm. There are people that God wants to preserve through the wilderness. There are people that God wants to preserve through the flood. And he says that I've, and those people are people whose grace, his grace falls upon he said, yeah, I've commanded the widow to take care of you. Elijah went a long way to Zarephath, to a land of the Gentiles, to a land where he knew there was idol worship, to a land where he knew the was a source of the same problems that they were facing in Israel. There's no recorded instruction from God to the widow except the word of Elijah to her when he commanded her. God chose her before she knew she was chosen. All she had was an instruction from Elijah's mouth. This woman didn't even know she was chosen by God. When God told Elijah to go to Zarephath. But here's what's interesting. When Elijah got there, she didn't consciously know about this. And uh, when Elijah asked her for water, she said, Ah, water I'll give you, sir. So, so she's going to get the water. And then Elijah says, whoa, 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 and also, can you make me a piece of bread for me to eat? In a time of drought, in a time of need, in a time of survival. So the woman stops pouring water and says, hey, hold on one second, sir. As surely as the Lord God lives, I do not have any bread. I don't have any bread. Don't we do that? What is she saying? She's saying, I don't have any for you because she did have bread. She had the means to make it. But I don't have any for you, sir. (laughs) Then she goes on to say, I don't have any, but all I have is a handful of flour and a little oil in the jar. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. Then we'll eat and die. You see, that's the mentality when times are tough. We think of ourselves. We think death is knocking at our door. So I have no room for someone else. I cannot think of taking care of someone else. But Elijah responds to him and says, uh, you know, he agrees with him. His response to is, yes, yes, I, I, I hear you. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Go and do, go and make the bread. Go and gather your sticks. Go and do as you have said, but, but. Bring a little morsel to me first. And the oil and the flour will not run out in your house. Here's what the amazing thing is. The amazing thing is this woman did it. I want you to think very clearly. How many of you are mothers here? If you are a mother, just raise your hand. If you're a mother, you know what it is to be in a desperate situation and to look for food when times are tough. I've watched a mother forego her meal for a son, for her children. Mothers, you know what that's like. You know, in, in, in Shona, you know, so we say That is, you eat air pies, while the little pie you had is saved for your child. But Elijah makes an audacious appeal to this woman. She says, give me first what is only enough for you and your child. This woman makes a conscious decision to obey him. And I want you to see if she had a portion for two, she would never take what is her son's and eat for herself. She will take what is hers and give it to Elijah. And she would be without, but she would always, like any good mother, make sure that her son has something. You see, the grace of God demands a response from us. And for the grace of God to operate in our lives... The first thing that needs to shift is our selfish thinking. Pastor Tom put it this way. He said the year 5778 will be a year where your eyes will be filled with tears of joy due to the grace and favor of God extended to you. She did nothing for that grace. She did nothing for that favor. The weeping that has endured for many nights will be transformed into tears of joy for many mornings and new days and there'll be a new beginning. The moment she obeyed and made that morsel available and uh, available to Elijah, God fulfilled his word because at home, at home, I'm waiting for at home, I'm waiting for the flower. She says, as you take care of Elijah, as you take care of yourself, Elijah and your son at home, where the boy was, take it, take it, take it home. Take it home. Elijah, take it home. Was flour and oil that God supernaturally provided. This woman, in the midst of a drought, grace and favor located her. If you are suffering, if you are hungry, if you are facing death, and someone asks you for a favor, how would you react? If you are suffering and you're hungry and you're on your last meal, and someone says take care or think of my needs first, how would you react? Well, let's flip that around. If you had provision, your pantry was full. And someone knocked at your gate and said, I need provision. How would you react? Let alone reacting when you don't have. Have you ever tried to take food from a desperate person? They will do justice to you. You will become their food. Here's what Pastor Tom said. He said, The uncommon favor of God and man will chase after you and locate you. The uncommon favor of God will chase after you and locate you. That's the prophetic word. That's the prophetic instruction to us in this season. You'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living, you'll see your way more clearly. The fog, the mist will be removed and you see God's plan for your life. The eye of the Spirit will become open and you'll behold the glories of the Almighty. A greater level of the prophetic will be released upon you and you will need to be willing to be used to be alleviate the pain and suffering of others. The proper response to grace in our lives and receiving the operation of grace and favor in our lives. First is to abandon selfish thinking. Second is to be willing to be used of God to extend his love to others, to extend his grace to others, to extend his favor to others, to alleviate the pain and suffering of others. You see, there was a divine exchange that took place here. The woman didn't know that the grace of God and his favor had located him. Had located her. Elijah, seemingly, in increasing her suffering by demanding that he be fed first, that the prophet is taken care of first, actually provoked a response from her where she was willing to alleviate his pain and suffering, and in the end, she bought herself, not bought herself, but her proper response to grace. From a little cup of flour, she got three and a half years' provision. You see, her alleviating the pain and suffering of Elijah meant that God Gave God access to alleviate pain and suffering in her own home. Imagine what it was like around her when everyone else was suffering. But they kept food, food kept happening at her house. Don't you think in the land of the Gentile when there was no food next door and they knocked and they said, we heard there's some food you had. Do you think she would have a problem giving them after she's experienced that grace? No matter if her pantry is full and they knocked it again. So this message, this message of God, this, this message of the kingdom, this grace and favor that she was partaking of was not only affecting her, affecting her home, her household, but began to affect her community. And that's the principle and the order God wants to work this In our own lives. That it just doesn't benefit me. But it benefits my household. Her willingness to be selfless. And align herself to prophetic destiny. Her thinking of others. Opened up her prophetic eyesight. And insight into God's purposes for her own life. To flow through her. For the benefit of others and herself. Here's what happens when. You align yourself, you and I align ourselves with God's prophetic destiny and God's prophetic will. But Tom said this, he said, this Hebrew year 5778 will be a pivotal year within a 10 year window of iron, 70. As it culminates in the year 2020, believe it points to restoration of prophetic vision back to the body. From year 2010 to 2020, there's a 10 year window of restoration. A 10-year window of restoration. We must respond to the grace of God with humility. You and I don't deserve it. You and I as Gentiles were not of the direct lineage of Abraham, but we've been adopted as sons by grace into this lineage. It is because there's there's a people that rejected this grace that you and I have it. How can you and I hold on to it as if it's our own? And not want to share it. Don't you see we will become like the very people who rejected it. And become those that reject the grace of God. And it will go elsewhere. The grace of God operating in our life points to a window of restoration. We may not see it now. But God sees it. And when we respond positively to the grace of God now we make room for restoration to happen today and forevermore. Because this woman did not know. Come here, little young man. Not the young man. This woman, please lie here. This woman did not know that her positive response to grace in meeting and alleviating the needs and pain of God's prophet, of God's person, would bring God's prophet into her home. She didn't know that death would visit her home. But when death visited her home, God had made provision by grace. God had made provision by the favor that had located her. So she cries out to God, she, she cries out to the man who says, is it because of my sin? She knew where she came from, the Sid- Sidonians were sinners. They were idol worshippers. They were sensuous people. She says, is it because of my sin that you've come here, that death is now visited by home?" But the grace of God had located her. His favor had located and she had responded. Positively, too. So the man of God, there was a window of restoration. Appeal to God for life in this young man. Appeal to God where death has visited her home. Restoration came. There was a window of restoration that came, driven by the grace of God and the response of a widow. I want to tell you that in this season, the prophetic destiny that's been prophesied over CMI and the body of Christ is here and now and the things that you do not see, the death that's ahead of you, the things that are destroying you, the things that are of destruction that are in front of you. God has already made a window of restoration available. How are you and I going to respond today? Are you and I going to respond to the grace of God today? She didn't see that there was restoration of life for her. The widow was not just going to become a widow. She was going to become a widow and she was going to be sunless. But God had seen it. And the grace and favor of God had located her. This woman didn't know the ripple effect of this one act of responding to God's grace would have. Because the ripple effect was that this became a gateway for the restoration of the nation of Israel to God. Because the Bible says, Elijah left that place, left the widow's home. And God said, now it's time for you to go and confront Ahab. Where's Ahab? Come. I need an Ahab. I need a very evil Ahab. (laughs) He says, now it's time for you to go and confront because someone has given me access to work in the earth. Someone has responded to my grace. I have access to bring about restoration. I have access to go after my people and restore them. Someone has responded to grace. Have we found Ahab yet? If we haven't found Ahab, can I just have a nice Ahab from the congregation? When you get up here, you become ugly, like Ahab. Just for the illustration, can I have an Ahab? Any man, run up here. I need an Ahab. There we go. Oh, thank you. So here's Ahab. Thank you, Ahab dressed in black. So God says to Elijah, now it's time for you to leave this open window, the open window of grace, the response to grace that gave me access to the earth and go and do what I've man- mandated you to do. Ahab lives there, and I'll paraphrase the story, confronts, I mean, uh, Elijah lives there, confronts Ahab and uh, you know, he speaks to the children of Israel. He says today, choose who you are going to serve. Whether you are going to serve the gods of Baal or whether you are going to serve the one true Lord. And they, they keep quiet. There's the nation of Israel there. They keep quiet because they're so stuck in their ways. And you all know what happened. Well, you, you, may, you may know what happened. But this is where the great miracle took place where God came down as a consuming fire, where they made an altar. They made an altar. And they said, the prophets of Baal, where are the prophets of Baal? Come, the prophets of Baal. Here are the prophets of Baal. Here they are. Just imagine that there are 450. There's 450 there. And these prophets of Baal were best pals with Jezebel and Ahab, Ahab. And uh They make a sacrifice. They put their sacrifice. They call on their God 24 hours to come and consume the fire because that was the challenge. The one true Lord would come. And they call and they call and they call. And Elijah says, why don't you call out some more? Maybe he's asleep. So finally, he says, step aside. Step aside. This is nonsense. He says, Elijah rebuilds the altar of God. Rebuilds the altar of God. Then he calls on God to come down. God comes down as a consuming fire. Eats up the sacrifice. And who's watching? A rebellious nation. Elijah pulls out his sword and says, today judgment has come. And slays the prophets of Baal. The nation of Israel cries out, He is God, the living God. They cry out, He is the God of our forefathers. He is the God we serve. They return their hearts to God, but the door, the gateway, was through someone responding to the grace of God. When the favor of God located them, they put down their selfless, selfish ways and put the needs of others before them. My question is, how are you and I responding to the grace of God today? Because the word is there. It's already been spoken. In this season, the grace and favor of God and man will locate you. My prayer is it hasn't already located you and you haven't responded. That Elijah has already visited you, but you've not responded. You've remained thinking selfish. My prayer is that we are not those that God is saying, no, move on from there. Let's look for someone else that we can work through. This whole nation turned back to God because of the response. Of one woman. Tied to the response of one woman was the restoration of life for a son, was food for three years for her, her household, and community, was the restoration of a nation back to its God. And inevitably, the prophetic destiny of Elisha, the prophetic destiny of Israel, and it became a foreshadow of Jesus Christ Himself. Why? Because in Luke 4, here's what Jesus says when he comes on the earth. When Satan tempts Jesus and he overcomes the temptation of the devil and he comes back in the power of the Spirit, Jesus says this in Luke 4, verses 18 to 27. He says he went to Nazareth and being brought up where he had been brought up. And on the uh, Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up and read a scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found where it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom of prisoners to the Freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. He has set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began, he began by saying these things. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that were coming from his lips. Then they said, isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, listen to what Jesus said to them. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you've heard you you did in Capernaum. Truly I say to you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut up for three and a half years. And there was a severe famine through the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. Jesus quotes this very incident as the gateway to scripture being fulfilled today, 3,000 years later. Here. What is linked to you and I's response to grace today? What is the cost of you and I's response to grace today? Do you see why if you and I don't respond, when God's favor comes knocking on the door, you will look for someone else, even if it is not his chosen people. Because there's a huge gate that needs to be taken care of that you and I don't see today. Our prophetic eyesight will lead to a window of restoration. God is interested in a nation coming back to Christ. God is interested in a nation 3,000 years ago that ushered Christ to the cross so that would become the gateway for the gospel to you and I and the Gentiles today. One widow and a response to grace. She laid aside her selfish thinking and thought of others outside of herself. And when she thought of others, God opened up a window. And not only took care of her, but had access to the earth. That his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the cost of you and I's response to grace today? God is faithful. That's why he says in Luke 10, he says this is the greatest commandment. That you love your Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, you've answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. How many of you want to live? Do this and you will live. How many of you want breakthrough? Do this and you will live. How many of you want healing? Want restoration of health? Want restoration of prosperity one restoration of relationships one restoration of wellness one restoration of relationship with god one breakthrough do this and you will live love your neighbor as you love yourself love breakthrough for your neighbor as you love it for yourself jesus himself lived out this pattern when he said, this is my purpose, I have come to proclaim freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the, to the poor, and to proclaim the year of favor of the Lord. He says, when, I've become, when I come to the earth in the form of a man, in the lowly form of a man, and I think of man, and I love my God, and I think of others, and I lay my life down for others. I proclaim God's favor on the earth. And God's favor is not outside you and I. You just become a conduit and a horsepipe pipe that remains wet as God's will is being spread on the earth. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.